0: Welcome to this life reconsidered. Last time we were back, the show was known as Stroke of Wisdom, and then you'll probably recall we released a mini episode explaining why we were changing the name of the show. Not the principle, not the principle and the foundation of the show. We were li- literally just updating the branding a bit, and you'll notice that there is a a podcast a, a podcast cover that matches all that. And but. We haven't changed the foundation here, which is all about bringing inspirational, motivational lessons. That remains the same. Now, that all said, in the spirit of bringing you empowering and motivational lessons, and when I started thinking about the episodes for this season, I started identifying guests and anecdotes that I thought would be amazing to share because I thought that they would offer a lot of really great teachable moments and insights. And so when I started thinking about this episode, I started thinking about the kind of people that I knew that had really amazing lessons that I thought we could benefit uh, from. And that was when I thought of this next guest, Lillian Ruiz, former COO of Civil Media Company and Civil Foundation. Not only is she my cousin, but she's successful and has a really amazing story and I was just really inspired by how she boldly boldly embraced what she wanted and decided to pursue it and allowed that to kind of shape her personal and professional path and I wanted to her story to kind of inspire and motivate you and I'm just so honored to call her family and Also, just honored to know who she is. So this episode that you'll listen to is all about that conversation that I had with her. And she shares some of her tips and insights that we can benefit from. And I hope you are able to take away as much as I am able to take away from just knowing her and her story and being empowered by it. This, welcome to another episode of This Life Reconsidered. Um, I was so excited for this episode. You have no idea. Um, I think you'll remember last season when we started the show, the focus was really um, on those big insights that you learn when you have a, a major life event happen. And for me, that was a stroke that, as opposed to weighing on me, I used as motivation as how I live life from this point. But I felt like it was really important to kind of make sure that these lessons didn't stop with just kind of the trauma that may happen or the, or the, the big life things that throw you off on course. Instead, you have to learn from kind of really big events and use that to empower you and to drive you. Uh, And so when I started thinking about This Life Reconsidered and how I wanted to take the show moving forward, I thought it would be really, really exciting to share advice and inspiration and insights from people who are living and offering and examples of what it means to kind of embrace and move forward, especially when life throws you a a curveball and you have to embrace that kind of step forward. And so when this show came together, one of the things I got really excited about was that I knew people in my life that I wanted to share with the world and that they need to know. Uh, the first guest of this season, I am not only thrilled to say is not only a person that I admire and look up to, and I feel like I'm like about to interview a rock star, but I happen to have grown up with my entire life. She has always been an embodiment of strength, and I'm getting choked up doing this, but I think her story is one that merits learning from, and something that has taught me, especially as I've rebounded from such a really big traumatic experience. So this show, this moment is really about kind of getting her to share her insights with us about kind of the big bold choices that she's made in her life, things the moment that she had when she decided to kind of step out on her own and maybe it's important that i say here that she is the former coo of the civil foundation and the civil media company. So not only has she already excelled in her career professionally, but she is just lives her life by that by that ability of being bold so I think it's important that not only is she a professional dynamo but she's a life dynamo so and I get to call her family and a lot of people don't get to do that so from that said I'm going to give it up to her um, and I want you to kind of just hear her out and embrace these thoughts and hoping that you'll be able to get as much as I've been able to get from her story so cuz
1: Oh hi. hello. Oh yeah, there we go. Um so yeah, thank you so much for that big warm intro. And also I I I don't know if we said my name up top, but I am Lillian Ruiz. <laughs> um and yeah, thank you so much. I was just like I had to put myself on mute because I was eyeing um at the intro. But um yeah, um yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited that this is your second season. Uh, you know, it's been amazing just seeing you kind of take the bull by the horns and start to create and be the storyteller that you've, you've been since we were kids. So that is like really exciting to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so should I just... I don't, yeah.
0: Yeah. F- feel free to just kind of. So, so, you know, I think what we can start talking about is, you know, I, I mentioned out in, in the beginning that you are former COO of, a, you know, civil media company and civil foundation, and which is huge, given being in your early 30s, like, how do you get to a point where you are a, a COO of a major well funded startup? Tell us kind of how you decided that that was going to be what you were going to do after the kind of career that you started to build in digital media, what was your aha moment and how did you decide to take such a big, bold step into that part of your life?
1: Oh man. Um, I mean, that's a huge question. And, and I feel like one where, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's interesting to have the question phrase like that because it really like makes you sort of take a step back I think for me, I've always someone who's had a really high pain tolerance for risk um, so you know uh, civil media started out of uh, You know at someone else's idea um, the COO there is is uh, Matthew Isles and uh, he had this idea and he, we met for drinks or coffee or something and he was telling me it you know it was a blockchain media company building um, sustainability and credibility tools for small and mid-sized publishers um, when we started it um, and uh, it relies on blockchain technology and uh, cryptocurrencies and so on and I knew nothing about those things and this was you know two and a half almost three years ago um, so you know, he was telling me about the technology and I remember I, I grabbed this book um, called uh, The Business of Blockchain by, I'm forgetting the the, the uh, writer's last name, but I read it and it was one of those things where I was like, I don't get all of these things, but I get enough to know that this could be really game changing. Um, and there's a lot of ways we could use this. And so um, I went from at that point kind of like, um, being like more background advisory to, to really um, wanting to be a part of the project. So I was, you know, the first um, the first hire and um, it was just the two of us and, and actually one other person for the first few months and then it was just the two of us. Um, and then we exploded um, from the two of us to eight people to 25 people uh, and I don't think it was like a conscious decision to take this bold step, but I, I, you know, I'm always driven by what are the things in my life that I can no longer tolerate? And at that point, I'd been working in uh, digital startup media for some time. Um, I was working primarily on the audience development side on the advert, like, um, and when you work in audience development, what you're trying to do is is create your publications um, advertising base, basically. So I was really seeing that how the sausage was being made in terms of how your data is used and how you're sort of spoon-fed information on social media. And it was like my least favorite part of publishing. And uh, civil, to me, represented a solution in a way out of that. And um, I think that was sort of, when I left my previous job to do civil, you know, we we hadn't fundraised yet and um, we were doing... For a couple of months, like marketing, consulting, basically, uh, to kind of keep the lights on and sort of bootstrap ourselves. And um, yeah, I think that was sort of um, that decision was just fueled by I knew that I no longer saw, I didn't see the light in what I was previously doing and I needed to change it and I needed to do something dynamic. Um, Over time, you know, there was so much that I learned, you know, we didn't. I certainly didn't go into civil being like, oh, I'm gonna be COO. and I, I wasn't at first. I, I think my first title is marketing lead, um, and just over time, just my personality, the things that I cared about, um, sort of drove me in that direction. Um, so, so yeah, that was. I think that's how I made that that first decision. Is that I just always kind of look around the corner at the spaces where I think I can be most. Um, uh, of most service, you know, I love to problem solve and I love to define problems for people so that because I find that sometimes if you just frame problems the wrong way, you can't even start to think of an answer. Um, and that is that those desires of wanting to kind of be where the ball is or be where the ball's going um, is like what always I think drives like any big decisions in my life, I think.
0: So, you know, so Lillian, you said some really amazing things. So you 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 made a lot of, you didn't see the light in kind of the things that you, you were doing, which I, I find to be just kind of really compelling insight. Um, but even without seeing the light, I mean, were, were you not paralyzed by the fear of what if things didn't work out? And how did you allow yourself to push through that kind of, like, that kind of possibility or, or ignoring that worry? How did you, how did you get past that?
1: Um, I, I mean, I, you know how there are people who have that like disease where like they don't feel pain. Like if they put their hand on a burning, like it's very dangerous for them, you know, they'll put their hands on like flames and not feel there. They don't have the sensor um, that's pain registration. I think I have that with risk in a lot of ways. Not that I'm not aware of, of risk. Um, I in fact feel like super, super aware of it. I'm aware of all the different ways that things can go wrong, but that doesn't, um, it just doesn't bother me. You know, like I think in some ways, like it's not about going into something blithely and naively. It's about having both your eyes open about like, here are all the ways that things can go wrong um, and not letting yourself feel like handcuffed to that fear because it's just a reality. You know, it's just a a fact of life, like nothing's ever going to go perfectly. Um, and then like, you know, when I took that leap of leaving my old job to start civil, um, you know, I knew that we would potentially have some things to kind of keep us afloat for a little bit. But in the back of my head, I was like, worst comes to worst, I go be a barista and fix my resume, you know, like, to me, it's always like, I always kind of know where the exit signs are. And I think sometimes people see risk as this, like, Enclosed room, as opposed to being like you no, know, it's a it's a circular room with like lots of different doors, and just like knowing what's behind each each of those doors, like setting up those options for yourself, really helps to take the fear element out for me. Um, so I think that's just sort of how I've always approached like like big change is like you know take it in, like don't don't uh, don't downplay the challenges and don't downplay the things that can happen but just know the ways out you know and and um I think a lot of that is keeping a really I try and keep a pretty cool head I try and you know wake up every morning and give myself some clarity and some insights so I can keep that cool head and you know I think that's just always sort of been a part of my um part of my personality and something that I work to keep refining and to keep um, and to keep improving and, um, and, you know, try and sort of really measure out like, what does that look like? And then also, you know, there's going to come a day where I can't take these risks anymore, probably. Um, so, you know, I'll have to think about that then as well. But I think right now I'm still allowed to, to do those things. And, you know, once again, once again, I've like jumped Shipped from something into a whole brand new world, so um, i I guess part of it is like once you do it once, it's not that scary to do it the next time <laughs> but um, so so yeah, I think that's that's really what it comes down to is just you know it's it's making that list of risks and checking it twice and like giving yourself the freedom to say like, here are the ways that I can um Change this situation, or the ways that I can walk away, or the ways that I can go deeper into this and manifest something different. Um, and it helps you feel. Um, it helps you feel like you can stay in a flow, and you can stay grounded to to that moment, and be able to like really find um, things that are beneficial for yourself in those risky moments, as opposed to kind of like you know being like a Kermit the Frog flail giffy.
0: So, you know, I I mean, because for as long as I've known you, you've always kind of been uh, really resilient. And uh, it's something that I know that I am continuing to work on. How, what would you say? Would you say like, how how would you say this translates into your personal life that you're able to just kind of just step out, or would you say that it's in professional endeavors is when you're much more risky, or would you say that this is kind of like a life approach
1: uh, I think it's kind of a life approach um, i don't i don't know that's really interesting I guess like yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's kind of a life approach. I think like where I'm at right now is trying to build a really holistic life in which um, work and um, social life and family and friends all are, uh, you know, have space for one another and are in dialogue with one another. And I know I'm getting a little bit woo-woo, but like that's sort of like, I think where I'm at. And uh, so, yeah, that I think that this is just a, um, I think this is just like a personal value um, in a way. And so like when it comes to like in my personal life, how does this sort of um, risk taking um, take on, um, you know, take shape? Um, I think it's just in like, I try and be, it takes shape and like, I try to be like really honest with people. I try to be really, I try to be vulnerable with people. Um, and I think that like, one of the things I noticed is like, it's interesting to see how people respond when they realize that you're just like trying to be a genuine person with them. It really freaks people out. <laughs> like it really does. Um, and I used to, you know, for so long, like my teens, my twenties, uh, particularly my teens and and in college, I was always sort of like dripping with this like caustic humor because I felt that it made people feel more comfortable. Like people don't, actually like it when you're kind of genuine and willing to just like try and see the good in things. And, uh, and that was like, and so for a long time, I sort of played this, like, you know, I'm going to be caustic and, and like, sort of judgy and have like the perfect cutting remark, like I'm out of an Evil and Waugh book or something. And it was really like, it made me unhappy. And I think over the years, I've really tried to Um, step away from that and just sort of get back to the person I am, which is like a little bit quirky. I don't have that great of a filter, Um, uh, but not, it's not a mean, uh, it's not a mean thing unfiltered, but, you know, I just try and be honest with people. I try and connect with them. I try and, you know, look them in the eye. I try and um, really hear what they're saying. I try not to do small talk. um, And some people react really well to it and you make great connections with people and some people are just like that person's a freak and I'm not (laughs) I'm not interested in having a deep conversation um and so like I think that's one way that like my risk taking has manifested itself in like just sort of day-to-day personal connection is that like a lot of people don't put themselves out there to make personal connections with people and I'm really trying to do that and push myself out of comfort zones um you know uh Yeah, I think it's really important and like, I'm not an extrovert. I think it's really important to say that I'm not an extroverted person. I get exhausted in like large groups and crowds. Um, But I do love to have like these one-on-one moments with people. And so like if I'm forced to kind of be in these more bigger type of situations, like I'm always kind of just trying to find like, okay, who's the one person here that I can kind of talk to? Um, And like, oh, there's another person that I think I could pull into this conversation. And I, I try and like make a, a little home base where I can feel safe and secure and have and create a space where people can have like a real genuine conversation with each other. So
0: So with, with your, with your kind of penchant for your ability to take risks and I and I this is a question that just kind of hit me as as you've been talking and I've been processing everything you you said been saying um what is your thought about is there such thing as a calculated risk or is it just all risk
1: um yeah I definitely think there's such a thing as a calculated risk I mean I think that yeah, I think, I think that if you are doing risk well, it's a calculated risk. Like you've worked through it and you've said to yourself, here are the, here are the things, like here's, the, here's my pain tolerance for if this thing goes wrong. And here's my, like, here's the potential benefit if this thing goes right. And um, here are all the different ways that I can sort of change or manifest um, what this like risk scenario looks like um and like if you're just taking risk just to take risk then like you are probably a psychotic person (laughs) you know what I mean like that or like totally narcissistic because I I don't think that like just taking a risk just to be like there I did it is the way you're supposed to do it I think like you know it's the same thing with like you know people who like free climb El Capitan and stuff like that like a lot of people are like, oh, they must be like so reckless. And it's actually like, there've been all these studies that like people who do extreme sports are actually like really, really um, focused. And they they go through, they're like, okay, I know that like free climbing this, I could do a fall, but here's like, they're thinking ahead of, they're thinking through all the steps from beginning to the end of how to minimize that risk, but they're always aware of that risk. Um, So even extreme people like uh, extreme athletes and things like that, they are calculating risk constantly. And I think that if you're going to kind of be um, someone who makes risk and bold choices a part of your entrepreneurial story, a part of your work story or whatever, you have to like be willing to sit down and face, like face what that process looks like, you know, and walk through it step by step. In your head, and and also be aware of like the things that could go horribly, horribly wrong, and and be okay with knowing that like you might do everything right, and that horrible thing might happen, um, and be willing to like accept that sort of contradiction. Um, but I don't think anyone should ever just take a risk just for funsies, you know? <laughs> like that's a bad idea. <laughs>
0: Oh gosh, you you've been dropping so many really amazing gems which I which I love. For for all of this experience and insight that you're that you're sharing, would you say that there's anything that you would do differently or risk, differently or risk that you wouldn't have ta- taken and
1: if so, why wouldn't you? I think the thing I would have done differently in many different types times in my career is I wouldn't take on other people's risks if I could do things over again. Um, Other people's risk typically looks like somebody um, pushing um, a really sort of messy or in some cases unethical type of agenda onto other people and making you the executor of that risk or making you the um, the like required mastermind of that risk. Um, I find that, um, when you feel like you are having to be someone's cover, um, and your, your work and your, um, and your thought processes have to become how to best protect, uh, someone else's idea or someone else's judgment. That's a kind of risk that I don't think I would ever take again. Um, and, you know, you see that a lot with bad bosses, you see that a lot with like uh, bad managers, um, you see that a lot with people who are, um, you know, in something for the high of being able to say that it's, it's their thing, you know, um, they're, they're demanding other people take risks for them because they haven't actually been willing to step up to the plate to, um, to take the real risk of leadership. Um, so I think if I were to ever do if there were something I were ever to do again, it would be um to not take other people's risks.
0: Oh, that's a really good one so now, you, so now as you as you think through kind of everything that you've kind of been through and you know moving moving forward what are, what what's the kind of like meaning if, one, meaning, if there is one thing that you could say to kind of yourself your future self what, 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 would it, what would what what
1: would it what would it be um if there was something to say to my future self what would it be oh man um i I don't know. <laughs> I guess like, you know, I would say to my, to my future self, the same thing that I tell myself um, every day, which was this great quote. And I, I read like years ago, that's like the time to have a map is before you enter the woods. Um, and it's like, uh, I guess like that would be something to tell my future self. It's like, do you have your map for whatever it is you want to do next? Because if you don't, you know, if, if I'm ever in a place in my future where like I don't, I don't have that roadmap for myself or set for myself, then that means that I'm, you know, lost or feeling apart from, um, from myself or from the rest of the world or from my work because I, I find that it's so easy to make that map when you're waking up like passionate and happy about what you're doing and feeling connected to what you're doing. And the moments in my life where I felt like where I've asked myself that question, been like, I do not have a map. I do not know what's in those woods. I'm not interested. Those are always the times when I've been kind of like so um, emotionally divorced from my work and my purpose. Um, So, so yeah, I feel like that's the that's the question that I I will always be asking my future self: is Do you have your map?
0: I mean, now that you know everything that you know now, which is a whole ton, um, what would you have told yourself at, at Ooh, 18?
1: God, I don't even know who I was at 18. I like I, I have like a, a mental gap as to like what, who, what, where was I? Who was I in, in high school? Um, you know, I definitely, I think 18 year old me would be really proud of everything I've done. And I actually don't think she'd be that surprised. Um, she, so I think what I would tell eighteen-year-old me was, you, you, you did okay, kid. You know, like just keep having that deliberate um, approach, and don't, don't be so hard on yourself when you, when you have those moments where you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and hold on to, like, that, like, very, like, free, genuine energy as much as you can. Um, and, yeah, I think that's what I would tell my 18-year-old self. And just sort of, like, looking back at, um, yeah, looking back at that, like, moment in time when, well, I guess, like, I graduated high school at 17. So looking back at that moment of, like, graduating high school and starting college, you know, it's just, um, it's such a it's such open terrain and i i think i would tell her to take as much advantage of it as she possibly could <laughs> maybe show up to class more often
0: and...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that degree was oh, expensive
0: <laughs> <laughs> true statement <laughs> okay oh gosh okay so You've given us such amazing stuff so tell so t- one thing that you, that you has, have thought has been the most or one, insight or, one or one insight or one lesson that you thought has been the most meaningful that you learned along the way
1: um one lesson that's been the most meaningful that I've learned along the way <clears throat> um. I think one lesson that I've learned really recently is to get up every morning and think about like what I am lucky to have and grateful to have. Um, and get up every morning feeling um, lucky to have the opportunity to, to do things that matter um, and that matter to me. And I think that that's something yeah, just basically like waking up and and tapping into like feeling grateful for things is such a huge, um, such a huge, huge difference. And um, so that's one big thing that I've learned. And I think the other one um, that I'm really like learning to, um, to really hold on to is to remember that every day is a new day. Um, You know, before we got on the call, I think I was telling you, I had like a a really like unproductive week. I kind of like let myself get sort of turned around. Um, and I think in previous, um, like previous times I would have been like, ah, you know, I would have gone into this, into this day being like, man, like there's no way I can recover from that. And then um, I, you know, I have to remind myself like every day is a new day to just like get things right. Or even like, You know, maybe if I wasn't getting something done, it's maybe because I framed it wrong for myself, you know, framed it incorrectly, framed it in a way that's not motivating or exciting to me. You know, it's like listening to those, listening to my body is something that I'm really learning to do, listening to my sort of like like mental blocks. You know, I think sometimes we like see mental blocks and procrastination or things as like just these bad things. And now I'm trying to like really listen to like what's there. It's like, what is like, what are you not wanting to touch right now? Like, help me understand that so I can frame this so you can touch part of it. Um, so I think those are the big things. If, sorry, I'm blabbering. But if I were to synthesize that first one is like being grateful, recognizing I'm lucky, Feeling an opportunity every day, and then the second one is just realizing that every day is a new day, and every moment of procrastination or staring at a blank screen or whatever is a signal for you to, you know, re to take a step back and just like reassess and reevaluate like what's, um, what's here? Like, what is your brain trying to sort of protect you from, and how can you help it sort of put down its defenses? So I think those are the things that I'm like. Um, learning and that are really important to me.
0: Ah uh, Lillian, thank you so much for this this amazing wisdom and for talking about your journey. Is there anything that you would want to leave our listeners with?
1: Yeah, or? I think um I think the thing I want to leave people with is to just like be gentle with yourself. Um, I think right now it's really hard to to do that. We live in a very like harsh, brash, caustic world, um, both like from a social aspect and political aspect, but also from like, you know, the ways that work is expected to be done, um, the way that people think they have to behave to get ahead or you know, there's a lot of, like, weird cultural things happening right now in this moment in, like, work and personal life that are um, so, like, seeped into, like, this American way of life right now. And I think it's really important to, like, remind ourselves to find ways to be gentle with ourselves and find ways to, like, listen to um, that inner voice that says if something feels right or feels wrong and to, you know, and I know that can be a luxury for a lot of people, but I think it's just important to not take in these things in a way that results in you taking them out on yourself in in a different way. So that would be like the thing that I, I would want to leave people with.
0: Oh, that is such amazing, valuable inf- insight. And I one I know that I need to work on and make an active practice of working on. Thank you. So thank you so much for the insight and for your time and look forward to being able yeah, to talk to you again. Thank me. you so much. <laughs> this,
1: this is awesome. Okay. Thank you. Bye.